0: you're listening to nursing review radio uh,
1: dr ann rogers of the nell hodgson woodruff school of nursing at emory university in the u.s is an internationally renowned expert in sleep deprivation she's presenting a paper titled staff nurse fatigue and patient safety at a public seminar hosted at charles darwin university college of nursing and midwifery professor rogers joins us now uh, and thanks very much for joining us
0: you're welcome. I'm happy to do
1: this. Um, It seems to me that it's a given that tired people make mistakes, and it's also a given that nurses work long and hard hours. Is there much previous study into the, the two areas?
0: There hadn't been until my research in the early 2000s. We'd done a lot of research in the United States on the long work hours associated with physicians, but nurses in the United States with the largest group of healthcare providers, and we not looked at them. Everybody assumed they worked eight hours, they went home at the end of the shift, but we found that one most of them were not working eight hours, they were working 12-hour shifts, and they were not going home at the end of the shift. They had to finish up. And, I've, and we did a small study here at the University of South Australia, and we found that most nurses were going home at the end of their shifts in Adelaide area but they were still tired.
1: Mhm. And so tell us about your your recent paper the the staff nurse fatigue and patient safety. What were your kind of major findings or how did you who did you survey?
0: We surveyed 900 nurses in the United States um and it unfortunately not as recent I would like to replicate it but the funding isn't there. We did find that the nurses who worked 12 hour shifts or longer were two or three times more likely to make an error. And most of the errors were very minor, but, you know, those things can add up. And we were quite shocked that some of our hospital staff nurses, not midwives, not other nurses, they were being scheduled for shifts as long as 20 hours on occasion. They were working 23 hours and 55 minutes. Wow. And they weren't getting any longer a break, than somebody working 8 or 12 hours. Jeez. Um, like Australia, we have a nursing shortage. Like actually most parts of the world, there's a nursing shortage. So people were working extra shifts or long shifts. Mm-hmm. And while it gets patient care needs met, the nurses were having trouble driving home because they were sleepy. Um, you know, they made mistakes because they were sleepy. And, of course, they were trying to juggle work, have a family life, do social things, so it's a very difficult
1: situation. Mm-hmm. And I believe one of the findings um, over your research was that er- making a chance of a clinician making an error can increase by 36% after working 12-hour shifts on consecutive days.
0: Yes, and most people do work consecutive days. Um, it just, And they've seen this in other industries, uh, in, like you know, factory workers, After um, 8 to 12 hours, the risk of an injury or fatality goes way up. Truck drivers, after 10 to 12 hours on the road, are more likely to have an accident. None of our bodies are designed to do precise work for long periods. Uh, We need our break. We need our sleep. Um, But the demands of the job sometimes reduce our ability to
1: do that. Mm-hmm. And I believe you also found that if a nurse has 10 hours off downtime, they'll only sleep about five hours, which is definitely not enough for anybody.
0: Right. And I think this the some of the time use studies that the United States have done have found that this is pretty much true of any industry. If you've got 16 hours between the shift, you'll use eight hours to get sleep. But if you only have 10 hours, you're only going to get five because you've got to drive to and from work. You have to prepare food. You might want to do something with your children. There are just many other demands.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think um, some of what you'll be presenting and some you've made some recommendations. And mm-hmm. one which would hurt me were I a nurse is to avoid caffeine.
0: Yeah, and we encourage people to avoid caffeine so that when you need the alerting effect of caffeine, you'll get it. Uh, If you're used to consuming caffeine like most of us, you drink another cup of coffee or tea, it doesn't really do anything. But if you're not used to it, it will really uh, alert you Mm -hmm. as well as a short nap.
1: Yeah, of course. And so what, what other ways or what, um, I mean, I don't know if I haven't got a hold of your paper yet, but what other ways are you recommending that we combat this? Because this, you know, the stat that 36% chance of, of making errors is massive. So what do we do uh, to help nurses out of this?
0: Well, I know in Australia, you have a duty of care, both on the employer side and employee. And if he, the employer should not be working nurses or anybody too long that it endangers them or their pit pay- patients, the employer, the employee should also get enough sleep. But many, at least in the United States, even on your lunch break, you're forbidden to leave the campus of the hospital. You are not allowed to sleep, even though you're not being paid for this time. And some hospitals are beginning to experiment with if this is your lunch break, you could take a 15 minute nap or 20 minutes, it might help you. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have to get the lunch break to start with. And Sometimes that doesn't happen in nursing because of the staff shortages. We also recommend you avoid the caffeine so that you can use it when you need it, uh, that it will be effective. Um, And, you know, if you can stay in the... You know, when you can be in the nurse's station having bright lights, but other industries, you can put bright lights in the workroom, but you don't want to put bright lights in a patient room at night. So that could... Bright lights can increase your alertness, but only if you're sitting at a desk charting. Uh, You're caring for a patient, you're going to be in the room, and you're going to try and keep it dim so you don't wake them up as much at night. Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, I mean, in your paper, were there any other areas or any other shocking little things that came to light that you didn't think you would encounter?
0: I think just how many hours the nurses were working. We had, as I said, a few of them worked as long as 23 hours and 55 minutes. We had nurses uh, that were picking up so many shifts a week that they were working 80 and 90 hours, which our medical students and residents were recently forbidden to do. Um, You know, maybe it was economic, maybe it was whatever, but that's a lot of work hours and very little downtime. And, of course, the number of hours you worked a week affected your risk of making an error. Um, fortunately, at that, the time we did research in Australia, Nurses, more nurses were working part-time and were not working as many hours as they were in the United States. But what I understand is 12-hour shifts are becoming more common here. And I'm guessing that the distances you have to travel between places might be a factor
1: too in getting home. Dr. Ann Rogers, thanks very much for joining us.
0: You're welcome. I'm glad to do it.